Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. How are you guys doing today? 11.30, what did I say? Oh my gosh, 8.30. I was thinking about the 6 to 8.30 scrape party. So shameless plug there. And good save there. Good save. Hey, I was watching some of you guys uh, enjoy communion a little too much when you were taking the blood. You were throwing it back a little, like you were a little too comfortable with throwing things back. But hey, that's okay. You're welcome here. I'm glad you're in church. Um, God saved me as well, and he's saving us all. Okay. Hey, today I'm going to talk about um, what it looks like to be a vessel used by God. Does anyone in the house want to be used by God? Okay. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Before I get into the message, you've probably noticed, um, I am not Pastor Roger. My name is Clark. Uh, Pastor Roger and Pastor Kim are out, and I actually have a picture of them so you don't forget what they look like. Uh, There are wonderful pastors. There they are. They look so good. He looks way more manly than I do. I can't grow a beard. I'm 27, and I still can't. I look like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo if I try. So I was going to do No no Shave November, but then I learned I'm going to be preaching on one of those Sundays, so I would like people to, like, feel comfortable in this space. So it's better if I keep it tight right here. So that's what we're gonna gonna do is talk about how to be a vessel. But some of you guys have been here the last couple of months and if you're new you're like I actually haven't been to a Sunday service where Pastor Roger's been here. What's going on? Well I just want to tell you a couple things. One, um, we are unashamed unashamed in giving our pastors rest and breaks because healthy pastors create healthy churches. Also, number two, it is hunting season. So I don't know what to tell you. This is Idaho church and hunting season comes but once a year. And we love uh, to have our um, Pastor Roger go do what he enjoys because how many know that there's some activities that replenish you? Hunting is one of them for Pastor Roger. So And third, why we're okay releasing our pastors for the weekend. They're over at our overseer, one of our overseers, by the way, who are people who pour into Pastor Roger and Pastor Kim. They they give them oversight. They have accountability. We're so thankful that that our pastors have pastors and accountability. So we know they're healthy. They're over in Springfield um, with uh, Pastor Tyler Padgett. Thankful for that. And what's so cool about them being away is it gives us a chance to see if they're doing one of their job descriptions. You know, the Bible talks about what pastors should be doing. And if in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, here's one of the role descriptions of a pastor. Um, and he gave them 
the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, or in other translations, that's pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Did you catch that? To equip the saints to do the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. So today you're seeing how well has Pastor Roger equipped someone else to do the work. So give me some grace today. I'm a work in progress, but I'm thankful our pastors equip people to do the work of the ministry. So thankful for that. And another shameless plug. I got to follow up Legacy Sunday. Legacy Sunday last week was incredible, and I have to follow that up. So I need some some people to, like, bring some of that legacy energy up because the fast, yeah, yeah. Here's what happens. If you want to get out on time, because I got a lot of notes. If you want to get out on time, you cheer. I get excited. I go through my notes quicker. So easy equation if you want to get out quicker. So Legacy Sunday, that's exciting. I just want to hammer that home real quick because construction is starting in a week and a half. So November 30th, I'm inviting you, be part of the scraping party at 6 p.m. here. And word on the street is the the people who did the the scraped this area used like a skid steer or something. So we're going to have to get creative. Bring your scraping tools, your chisels. We're going to have to figure it out. If there's some people who have uh, some experience in demo, you would be, uh, we'd love you to, to come. If you have some teenagers who need to get some energy out, bring them. That would be good. And help us because our auditorium is going to be smaller here for just a little bit during construction. And 1130, thank you for being here at 1130. I have an unofficial poll I want to do. If we had to theoretically move our service time to 12 o'clock instead of 11.30, would you still be able to come? Anybody in the room? Raise your hand. I just, unofficial, there's some people, ah, it's half-hearted. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We're trying to make sure we're getting even service times so we can fit everybody in because it's going to get tight for a little bit. So, scraping party, let's go, exciting. All right, that's not my message. Let's get into my message. Thank you, Stacy, for making announcements sound holy. Some fetch, fetch me a maestro, I guess. That's what they did. So, today we're talking about how to be used by God. What does that look like? How to be used by God. And I'm using this language that we find in Scripture Often, like vessel is, is a word, or it might be container, jar, cup, all these container languages that we're going to be using today. So how do I be a vessel, a container that's used by God? So we're going to be using language like filling, uh, emptying, overflowing, everything in between. So a lot of container language today, and it helps us get a mental picture. It's a metaphor. It's something uh, uh, that helps us understand what God is like, what his kingdom is like. And this language of, of vessels is also found in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every 
good work. And who wants to be that kind of vessel for the Lord, who's set apart, who's, who's useful to the master, who's ready for every good work that God wants to do? Look, lots of us want to be used by God, but there's often a, a like a, an exception, a, a but. I, I want to be used, but. There's a big but here that people tend to use. I want to be used by God, but... I don't feel like I'm good enough. I want to be used by God, but I don't think I have what it takes. I want to be used by God, but this week I'm just too busy. I want to be used by God, but I don't think I have the talent or the ability. I don't think I have the time. I don't think I have the means. So what's your big but today? What is the thing keeping you to be used by God? It's okay to laugh in church. I mean, if it's funny. If it's not funny, I mean, don't laugh or you can pity laugh and it makes me feel good. Um, I, I don't care. But, but. <laughs> Look, there's, there's things in our life that, that cause us to question, can God really use me if? I, I just don't feel like what I have is enough. I don't feel like I'm... I'm all equipped to be able to do it. There are moments in my life where I've felt less than. I've felt weak. But what's great about the kingdom of God is God takes what's insignificant, seemingly insignificant, weak, not enough, and he flips it around and he makes it greater. He makes it more than enough. In God's economy, there's always enough and more than enough. I was, uh, I got married three months ago, so holla at your boy. The word of God says, uh, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing in favor with God, so thank the Lord. So I had a bachelor party before our wedding, and Derek, you just heard him speak. He was just up here. He was my best man, and I told him, look, for my bachelor party, I would like two things, two requirements. I want to be in the mountains, get me outdoors, please, and I want to fish. Everything else, you can plan everything else. I don't care. I just want those two things. So he, as a, honestly, if you guys need a best man, I told him he should make a business out of this, like hire a best man. He was the best, best man you ever had, came prepared, make sure all the groomsmen had their clothes, because did you know that's a problem? Like groomsmen are like, you don't have socks? What are you talking about? It's a wedding. You have to, do you not, sorry. Tangent. But he 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 took us out. Uh, a handful of us went out to the mountains, and and they had a surprise for me. They said, "You can fish, but you got to use this. This is the pole that they bought for me. It's a Moana edition pole." They said, "You can fish all you want, but." You have to use this. Here's what they were thinking. They were thinking this was going to be a weakness. They were thinking this was going to be something that makes it hard. But guess what? In God's economy, what was weak, he makes strong. Because here's a picture of me, actually. There I am. That's, that's an Idaho boy, if you've ever seen one. There's not many of us around. A little cutoff, bro tank, and a little straw hat. And I, we have a video. We have proof. I have proof that I was catching fish. No. Let's see it, Clark. Oh, Let's see it, Clark. You Let's can hear, see it, Clark. They were surprised. 
There we go. That's it. Let me hear it. Let me hear the cry, Clark. Let me hear the cry. I can't take myself too seriously after you guys saw that. But there was 50 fish that I caught. And everybody else combined caught like 15 to 20 or something like that. Way less. And what they thought was going to be a weakness ended up being a strength. Come on, I'm preaching today from a Moana pole. This is Idaho Church. Pastor Roger's going to have to talk to me when he gets back. It's going to be, whew. But what we find in the scripture I'm going to talk about today is there's a woman who's in a situation that seems so dark and downcast and just, it doesn't look like the situation would turn to greatness. It doesn't look like, by the world's, circum the world's lens, that it would be something God could use for something incredible for his kingdom. But he's the type of God who flips things around. So in 2 Kings chapter 4, this is where I'm staying most of the, the message, we find a widow who is in not a great circumstance. Her husband had, has just died. She recognizes that there was debt, and so the creditor is coming to, to get what he's owed, and she doesn't have anything, so now her sons are going to be dragged off as slaves in order to pay the debt. So her husband has just died. She's in debt, and now her, husband, or her sons are going to be taken away as slaves. Not a great circumstance. So here's, here's the scripture, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who, is ser who has served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Desperate circumstances. Desperate circumstances. And what you're going to see is... is through Elisha, God is going to bless this woman who's in terrible, a terrible situation. And that's what I love. I just love that about the gospel, is that God does not overlook those who are poor and down and out. And actually, I would say he's attuned to those people. If you're hurting today, if you're in a dark space, if you're at your wit's end, I'm telling you, God's leaning in. He's drawing you close. Jesus says, um, he said on the Sermon on the Mount that, that blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. It, it's the, the opposite of what we think. Man, the kingdom of God is like upside down. It's flipped. It's backwards. Jesus comes on the scene, and he's the savior of the world. They're ex the, the people of God are expecting a king, and he is the king. But he says, I did not come to be served, but to serve. See, it's, it's flipped, and, and there's this great song, this great song that says, your kingdom is backwards. This is, simple kingdom is the name of the song. Your kingdom is backwards. It flows in reverse. What you call a treasure, this world calls a curse. The small become great. The last become first. Your kingdom is backwards. Lord, teach us to serve as it is with your kingdom. Let it be with your church.
So good. So we got to have kingdom lenses. Okay, let's continue in verse 2. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. I think he was, gen- he was like, I, I don't know. Like, what do, you, what do you want from me? It's kind of like, like Gandalf. Just, he's just a traveling man going to and fro. What can I do to help you? I don't know if I should have made that reference. I don't, Lord, forgive me. He was, Tolkien was a Christian. It's all like allegory. For, anyway, tell me, what do you have in the house? Elisha, this prophet, is asking this woman, what do you have? What do you have? And I, I think the Lord has that same question for us all the time. What do you have? What's in your hands? What has he given you? So often I think we get caught up in what we don't have. God, if I only had this, I would do this for you. If I only could do this, then I would be able to, you know, fill in the blank. But Elisha's asking her, what, what do you have? She replies with this, nothing at all. She thinks about it for a moment, except a flask of olive oil. I really feel like in this moment, she, she could have been someone who, truly, she feels like she has nothing at all. And then she waits for a moment. And I'm like, unless you count the olive oil, but I don't really count that because that's just oil. I need something to fix my problem. But that's the very thing God is trying to point out. What do you have? What are you overlooking in your life that you think is insignificant? Because the world will try to tell you what's significant and what's not significant. The world's lenses will tell you, you got to be TikTok famous to make a difference. You got to have a lot of money to make a difference. Well, Jesus, in the Gospels, there's this moment where he's watching people put money in the collection box at the temple. And Jesus is just sitting back. He's observing this moment where all these people are they're putting their money into the collection box, and there's people who are really well off, and they're putting a lot of money in. And then he notices this widow who puts two copper, copper coins in. That's all, all she had. And, and Jesus says this, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. God's not overlooking the small things. And what often we we call small, he calls big. So what's in your hands? What do you have? This last week, Legacy Sunday, I think was such a great example. I love our church. I'm so proud of our church because I think we get that, hey, I I may not have a lot. I may have a little or I may have a lot and not whatever I have, I'm just going to offer it to the Lord. And I saw so many people come into the house of God last week and be faithful with what they have. So thankful for that. But today I'm not, I'm not just talking about, I'm not talking about money. I'm, I'm talking about the other things in your life. What do you have? Is it a skill, an ability? 
Do you have a Traeger that you want to slow cook some ribs and invite a group of people over and talk about the word of God as you eat some ribs? I, come on. What do you have? God can use it. Man, why are you overlooking that skill you use at work all the time and you think there's no place? This wouldn't work in the kingdom of God. Come on, I know there's some manly men who work on construction sites Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to to 4 p.m. that we're getting ready to build some stuff out. And you're looking, that's a place where you can offer what God has given you into the kingdom of God. So this is my first point to being used by God. The first part in it is simply this. Offer your only. He's not asking you to give what you don't have. Offer your only. What's your flask of olive oil? So let's continue. Verse 3. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can, from your friends and neighbors. Okay, so this is this is where it gets kind of kind of odd because you can imagine being um, a person in a desperate spot. You cry out to the man of God, Elisha, please, I need help. I, I'm in debt. Can you do something? And his first response is, "What do you have? Olive oil? Great. Go to your neighbors and grab some jars." Like I don't know what this has to do with my the thing that what I don't. What's going on? And he continues to give her instruction and says, Go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So he's giving her some instruction, giving her an opportunity that maybe doesn't make sense on the outside. Go pour out some oil into some jars you grabbed from your neighbors and your friends. Here's what's happening. Elisha's given her a kingdom opportunity. And at this point in this story, it it, it doesn't really tell us what the solution to her problem. Like, I'm in debt. My my sons are going to be slaves. You want me to fill jars? But Elisha gives her this instruction, and it's, it's an opportunity to say yes to what God is placing in front of her. What has God placed in front of you? Who are the people? What Do you have a workplace you're stepping into every day? Maybe it's a school. What is the, the thing, what are the things around you where God has placed you? There's kingdom opportunity everywhere. I'm sure many of us who are, who are believers in the room today have experienced those moments where we feel like God is saying, go talk to that person. We see someone on the side of the road and, and you, you feel that like, oh, I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to that person. You hear someone at work just unloading, my life is terrible. Here are all the things going wrong and there's this thing inside of you that you know you've got the hope, you've got the answer but do you step into that? Here's what's happening. There's a kingdom opportunity. I really believe this week there's going to be some, this language we use, divine appointments. And God has a way of setting things up. The right people, the right place, the right circumstances so that his kingdom 
could be spread throughout the earth in your circumstance, in your situation. So let's continue in in, uh, verse 5. This is her response after Elisha just told her to do some, frankly, kind of odd stuff. So she did as she was told. I think this is where we, where we get it wrong. We just don't follow through. I don't think we have a knowledge problem. I think we have a follow-through problem. A lot, if, we've, if you're a Christian in the room, uh, for any amount of time, you probably know a lot about how you should live. It's just the doing it that's hard. Am I right? It's the, the doing. Many of you, God has given you He's been telling you the same thing for years. Maybe it's months. Maybe it's, it just keeps coming back to it. And I want to warn you, don't, don't start suppressing and pushing that down. The quicker you can hear what God is saying and do it, that will increase your maturity. The closer that time gets. So she did as she was told. So simple. This willing obedience. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. And soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another, she said. She's enjoying it now. She said to one of her sons, there aren't any more, her son told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. So for as many jars as they could bring, God was faithful to fill it up. And at that willing obedience, are you willing to say yes? Offer the only thing you have. Recognize God's opportunity, kingdom opportunity, and then willingly obey. I, I just really believe the, the people who raised their hand at the beginning of the message of who wants to be a willing vessel used by God. There's m- most of us in the room, I would say, I want to be used by God. When we look into this verse out of Isaiah 6 I, I think this might be your answer today. Would this be your heart posture today? And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, this is Isaiah saying this, Here I am. Send me. Come on, is there anyone in the house who wants to have that heart posture when God's like, who am I going to send? Who's going to be the solution to the problem? This person is dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. Who's going to be the person to reach into their lives and share the life and light of Christ? Who's, who's it going to be? I know I want to be the person that says, here I am, God. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. But send me, God. Send me. I know there's others in the house who want to have that kind of heart posture. Some of you who know my, my story, there, there's a time where I, I was going to the church consistently. I actually served every Sunday um, for, for years. Just I hadn't missed a Sunday, but my, the mid, middle of the week, you wouldn't have necessarily recognized that I was a Christian. You know, I, you could probably say I was a, a good person, but I wasn't actively a Christian. You wouldn't have known. And there was a moment where I felt like all those idols that I had put in my life, all those things I had put before God, 
ended up catching up with me. And I, it, it spiraled, and I felt like I hit my rock bottom, the lowest point in my life. And there was just like all those things that I thought had value were all gone. And I'm just here with a, a blank slate. And, and there was this moment where oh, I just realized, God, you've been here the whole time been patiently waiting for me to recognize like he's a good father he wants to use me and there's this moment where I was like God I, I don't have anything else to live for like, I hope you don't get to this moment but I'm sure some of us do where we finally get to the the broken place where we're like I got nothing else God I'll give you I'll give you everything whatever you want I made this commitment in my heart to just give him my yes and I watched God start with the big things. He'd identify, hey, this is a pretty big, obvious area of sin. Let's deal with it. I'd be like, okay, Lord. And then he'd show me something else. Like, let's work on this. Okay, yes, Lord. And this consistent, just yes, Lord, yes, Lord, this obedience. I watched him um, bless my life. To He matured me. There was so much in that season. I felt like the most rapid season of growth that I've ever experienced. And I really bring it down to this one simple thing. I gave him my yes. When he asked something of me, I would just say yes. I think there's others in the house who, who want to have that kind of life. And then the story continues. When she told the man of God what had happened, she said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. That's, that's beautiful. Because God doesn't just meet the need. He, he doesn't just get it to equal. He goes above and beyond. Because the debts were paid for by what God provided. But he also provided so much that they could live on. God will fill empty things. He's faithful to fill empty things. And all we have to do is be faithful with what we have and pour it out. So we pour out and God provides in plenty. Another way to say it, God, dis we dispense and God distributes. We give out, God grows it. We say goodbye to our supply and God will multiply. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to, just kidding. There, there's a, look, you know when you rhyme or alliterate, it, it makes it more true, right? <laughs> just kidding. It's just more memorable. Like, he, he goes above and beyond. Uh, we see this in different stories of the scripture. One, one that comes to mind is we see uh, the loaves and the fish. There's this kid who all he has is a few loaves and fish, and there's this great kingdom opportunity. All these people, all, this, all these people are on the hillside listening to Jesus, and it's about dinner time, and the disciples are like, how are we going to feed them? And Jesus is like, yes, because there's a kid who is willing to offer, well, this is what I have. You know, what's around? What do we have? Just a few loaves and fish. And then there was a kingdom opportunity that was met because someone was willing to offer their only in obedience. He supplies more than enough. More than enough. So, 
Offer your only. Whatever you have in your hands. Maybe it's something you're overlooking. Because you think it's insignificant. Offer your only. Then there's going to be kingdom opportunities. What are the kingdom opportunities in front of you now? Is there a person? Maybe your kids? Maybe you're currently on a team and you see, wow, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Whatever it is, there's a kingdom opportunity in front of you, and there's going to be continual opportunities to say yes. Because that third part, willing obedience. Will you say yes? Will you have that heart posture that says, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Send me. I'm willing. Here I am. He multiplies. Sometimes when I was younger and I was thinking about like the ideal Christian walk and I, w- I was just beginning uh, a real relationship with Jesus, I would imagine, oh, what is the, the ideal Christian walk look like? Because we hear different stories in the Bible or perhaps you've heard about stories about people in China, like the, the great revival in China by uh, Brother Yun, if you've read his story, where there's these house church explosions and, and you're, so there's all these miracles. And so you imagine, oh, I, I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to do maybe some this crazy, it has to look crazy and radical. But sometimes the most radical things we can do is reach the people right in front of us. We say, love God, love people, change the world. And sometimes we make the mistake of thinking, we look over the, sh- over the shoulder of our current opportunity to look, oh, what's bigger and better. But you got to be faithful with what's in front of us. Yeah, we're going to send money to missionary organizations, and we, we support that 100%. But also... The kingdom of God is here and now. There's people in your spheres of influence that need the gospel, who need the hope. And we need to be faithful with what God has placed in front of us. So the ideal Christian walk, wherever you find yourself, is this. Like Paul says in Philippians, to pour my life out as a drink offering before the Lord. To pour it out. I could drink offering before we go, before God. Because when we do that, what it is, we identify with Christ. Because Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And he poured his life out as a ransom for many. That's beautiful. I know I want my, my life marked by that. Pour my life out. I think here's, here's one of the big problems with pouring our life out that we have. It's we've got a cup, but it ain't very full. We got a cup, but we feel dried out. We've got a cup, but we keep saying, I'm busy, I'm tired, I'm stressed out. We don't have very much to pour out. You got to have something in your cup to pour it out. It's simple, simple math, right? I think there's some people in the room who feel 
like their cup is empty, as the band begins to make their way up. What's the status of your cup right now? If you were to just do a quick inventory, get out the measuring cups. What do you have? What's in the container of your heart and your mind? Do you feel like you're in a spot where you can give out and do what God's calling you to do? Or do you find yourself coming to this place where you're at your end? I want to say that's an okay place to be. Because in our weakness, He is strong. We can fool ourselves sometimes in thinking we're the ones who do the work. Right? This woman... She poured out her oil. It was her oil, but the Lord did the filling. I believe there's some people who feel like they have an empty cup today, and God's going to do some filling. Would you guys stand with me? You know, coming on a Sunday every other week or every week it's good but it's not enough to fill your cup if you're in the house and you truly have a desire to please God to do what he's called you to do it takes more than just once of once a week on a Sunday to fill your cup you gotta have a relationship with him in the week you gotta be talking to him you gotta be washed by the word you know the difference between baby Christians and mature Christians? Babies, when they're hungry, what do they do? They cry. <laughs> feed me! Somebody, somebody feed me! Serve me! Give me something! I'm hungry! Mature believers... They go to the fridge. And they get some food. Now I'm not saying there's not moments where others can come alongside you. But if you're a believer in the house, there's something about stepping into a mature place where you know enough about God in this Christian walk, when you're going through a hard time, you know enough that you got to call that person who's an encourager. You know you got to turn on some worship music. You know you got to get into your word and remind yourself who God is calling you to be and tells you who you are. And actually, I'm really excited because in the new year, we're going to start a new believers course. So if you're in a spot where you're like, I don't know that I can feed myself, we're going to start a new believers course that will help walk you through some basic foundational things so we can equip you, set you up for success so that you can feed yourself. Are you pouring from an empty cup this morning? Is there anything in your cup at all? If you'd close your eyes 
And if you're in the room today and you just, you, that's you. Your cup is dry. And what you need this morning is a filling of God's presence and God's power. Because you recognize I'm not enough on my own. If you need a moment with God and, and that's you, you're at your end and you just need God to make up all the difference. Would you raise your hand? If that's you just in a receiving posture, would you just cry out to God? I'm gonna pray for you. Lord, you see every heart, every circumstance. God, when we're not enough, you are enough. God, you fill empty spaces. You fill empty things. God, I just pray right now your presence would fill this room. It would start filling hearts and minds in the house. God, that you would start speaking to your children, that someone who's felt far from you would feel your arms, wrap them up. God, would you fill someone's heart, replace the idols in our life, replace the times, the, the things in our life that take place of you. God, fill it with your goodness your presence. Fill us, Lord. And with your eyes still closed, I think there's another group of people in the room where you don't feel like you've been living for God. You've been far from Him. You might say, you know what? I, my cup's not empty. It's just filled with things of this world. And if today you want to change that, I've got good news for you. Jesus came to set you free. He was the perfect lamb who died for every wrongdoing that we have done, we are doing, and will do. So with every eye closed, if you're in this house and you say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to be filled with the living waters he talks about that never runs dry, that runneth over. If you want to make that decision today, would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with? If you're ready to give your life to Jesus. This is how it works. It's as simple as repenting and believing. Romans 10.9 says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised his son Jesus from the grave, you will be saved. So everybody out loud today, pray this prayer with me. Lord, I'm sorry. I turn from my sinful ways and I run to you. God, I believe that Jesus died for me that he was buried and rose three days later in power and glory so that I could be set free. You are my Lord. You are my boss. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, for just a few moments, would you guys worship God and let him fill those empty spaces? Thank you. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. 
If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.